And we're off. Here we go. Don't know what number. I forgot. 15, 16, something, something like that. Like that yeah, sure. Mid-teens? Uh, I would say definitely mid-teens. All right, what are we talking about today, Kale? Uh, we are going to be talking about y'all Shredded by Summer. The Shredded by Summer Challenge. Yeah. Everybody and their moms hop on the train. Hey, put it up for free, baby. Everybody's hey, on it. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> so I know we had talked about, I probably mentioned this, what, months ago, months about ago possibly, possibly doing something like this, right? And I text you over the like weekend. Some, right around when like, they were all doing that like, hard deal or something about hard. Well, I remember the beginning of the year we were kind of talking about doing something like this you know, before the summer. Uh, and so, and then Kaylee had did something before in the past. They call it like Jack by June or, okay. or something like that. And so, uh, it kind of gave my wheels turning and, you know, making our own variation to it as to what I felt was going to be the most important aspects for people to implement into their lifestyle uh-huh. to see the biggest bang for their buck, right? To see the, the best overall transformation that's going to get the 95% of the way oh, there right. because it's so easy to get lost in the you know the mix of all the shiny objects right like you know do this one particular exercise to burn body fat or eat this berry or just eat lick or drink liquid diets for the month you know what it may be and all this off the wall shit that people try to do to get that one little extra or try to get that that inkling that's gonna you know bump them over the edge so to speak and a lot of that's really just a bunch of bullshit Mm -hmm. and the things that I put into the challenge are really the things that are going to truly allow people to see the best results that they can be. And it's really about being consistent with those factors of those six things. Well, it's kind of like the whole goal of this thing is like to teach people how to like almost find your routine and be consistent with it, right? Well, like for instance, like 75 hard, right? Like I know some people that you're doing 75 hard. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that is, to a degree, it has a similar structure as to what we're doing here where for 75 days, you have to file some type of nutrition protocol doesn't yeah. matter what it is you have to work out i think it's two times a day two times a day 45 yeah, minutes it's two and one has to one be, has outside. be outside right one has okay. to be outside no matter so what pretty much go run or something. uh you gotta drink a gallon of water a day um you have to read 10 pages of a book okay and there's another one in there i know you gotta take progress photo every single day for 75 days for 75 days and if you miss any of those protocols over the 75 days you have to start from the beginning and do it so all you over restart again. your 75 days yes for the 75 days uh, i did not know that you didn't know that no yes okay so, so if you miss a half a year if you miss project. if you, you can go you go to 70 days in and you miss one day you have to start from the beginning what oh man okay yeah i did not know that about that deal yeah so it's it's definitely and some people do it right like i think and most people who usually do it they implement a lot of the same factors going forward, mm-hmm. right? Because of the fact that they've now implemented that as a habit into their You've lifestyle. Done it for two months at that point, right? Well yeah, two and a half months. And, half months. and I think the biggest thing is you start to learn to do things even when you don't want to do them. Yeah. Right? Because of the fact of that of if I stop, I have to start this whole thing over again. Got a freaking mosquito fly around here. But I think you start proving to yourself because how many times and this happens so many so often now. We'll talk about this in the group as well. Of you know, people have the motivation when they start something new, right? Mm-hmm. It has this shiny shiny object syndrome where it's new and it's like motivational. Like honeymoon phase, right? Yeah, honeymoon phase to it. That's a good way to put it. And you're really motivated for a week or two, but when life starts getting in the way again, and that motivation is not as high anymore, you start finding excuses as to 
Or you start playing that little game. You said like, oh, you know, I don't really need to go today. Yeah. I don't need to go work out today. Kind of give yourself excuses almost. Yeah, you start, you know, tie tying yourself, yeah. so to speak, and you gave yourself for every reason not to do something. And when you're on that seventy five hard challenge, that's not an option, right? Or you have to restart the whole thing over yeah. again. So you start doing it even when you don't want to, and you start proving to yourself that you can continuously do this day in and day out. And that's where the money's made at. Yeah, like once you realize you can do it when you don't want to do it, Mm -hmm. that's probably where you start to see like, okay, I can actually like get through this and I can really, really hunker down and like I can do it, right? Well, I read something good today. It was was talking about motivation, right? Where a lot of people will say something along the lines of smash that mosquito. You get it? Did you get it? You got him? I got him. Mr. Miyake style right through the air. Uh, where people, you might, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you heard somebody say it, or you might have said it yourself of, well, I just can't find the motivation, right? And it's like, it's like, it's hidden underneath the couch cushion, mm-hmm. like the remote, like they're just going to randomly stumble upon it, right? You're just going to find it. Just right? going to find motivation. And in the article it was saying a lot of times you get motivation by the act of just starting the thing that you don't want to do. Right, so like once you're saying, like once you kind of get in the middle of it, exactly, then you right? Kind of get to like, pep in how many times have rolling, you right? not wanted to work out, and you just start like just started warming up, and the more you got warm, the better you felt. That's, but that's a good point. How many times has that happened yeah, to you? Right, where you get like a round and a half in or something. Exactly, you start to okay, I feel good. Like let's yeah, roll, and right? it happens to me at least once or twice a week, mm-hmm. especially the days I have to open. I'm more tired. Of I get I'm in before I even start the warm. Like I'd feel run down. I really don't want to do this today. And I go with the mindset of like, I'm going to ramp up mm-hmm. instead of just like trying to go right into it. But kind of like easing way Easy, into it. Like the mindset of easing into it. And I feel in the, and then as I get into the middle of it, then I'm kind of like, at that point in time, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. But if I just would have done it otherwise, then I'm like, oh, I just don't have the motivation. I'm just tired. I don't have the motivation. Well, I'm, if you use that air excuse every single time, then you're never going to want to do it. Yeah. Right? And it's the same process with anything where, whether it be unless you're trying to make a habit of... You know, I don't want to study for this exam. Why? Well, if I can just get in the middle of studying and the further I can get into it, the more motivation I'll start to find. Yeah. It's, it's more the act of doing gets you motivated. That's a good way to look at it. I, I've never really kind of like thought about it like that. Yeah. So. And I thought that was a really good point. It's just, it's just starting, right? Like, and same things with your nutrition. A lot of times you're not going to want to, you know, eat this particular meal. Like, it's a lot easier to go to the grocery store and or go to you know Taco Bell or McDonald's pick or whatever be and pick something up, right. but it's just the act of going home and taking the food out of the refrigerator and put it in the microwave and then starting to eat it right, and then afterwards you you find that you feel that more motivated because right now now you have that of a, another victory in the bank account mm-hmm. of proving yourself that I'm stronger mentally than I thought otherwise. Yeah. Right. And so, with the principles in the Shredded by Summer Challenge, were principles I thought were the most advantageous for people to see the best results overall, right? Like, I think 75 hard is a, is a great challenge, but obviously it's not a long, it's not a challenge either. The guy gets pissed off people call it a challenge. It's not really called a challenge. It's a 75 hard, and you implement a lot of these things into your lifestyle after 75 days are done, but you don't have to stick with the same exact 75 you're principles. You're not going to start over, right? Well, you're not going to do that probably forever for the rest of your uh-huh. life, right? And I think, and even he says that for the 75 hard, is that it's not the fact that you're going to be able to do this forever in your life, but you end up proving yourself that you can implement a lot of these principles 
every single day, but you might backtrack a little bit to fit it more into your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so with our current principles, kind of breaking each one down, right? It's very nutritional based when it comes to this challenge because that's where I think most people obviously miss I mean, out on. A lot of people are going to see the results though. Yeah, it's going to be the, did I get one? Oh, is that yeah. a, I don't know, is that a gnat or a mosquito? I think it looked like it was small. Uh, that's what she said. Hey, but a lot of it's nutritional based. Like we said, it's, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people, that's where they lack the either A, the education, or B, the, they just, the consistency of what they need to see the best results that they can get out of the workout regimen that they're doing here, mm-hmm. right? So protein is always the starting point even when I work with somebody one-on-one. And most, especially females, don't get enough of that. So it's, it's setting the habits of, you know, set it ideally one gram per pound of body weight is ideal, but for some that's unrealistic to start off with. Yeah. So being more realistic, we, we put a range of three quarters body weight to one gram, right? So if I weigh 200 pounds, my goal is between 150 grams to 200 grams of protein, to, protein in a day. So if maybe I'm only used to maybe eating 100 or 120, 200 might be a little extreme for me stretch. to start, right? It might be a stretch. So I'm gonna try to start at 150, right? And so it's getting in the habit of starting with protein more consistently and starting with protein will keep me more satiated throughout my day. It'll help my blood sugar levels as well as retain skeletal muscle mass. And because of the fact that I am satiated, I'm more or less, less likely to eat processed foods and go off my diet because how many times have you been on a nutrition or diet plan and you're hungry more often than not, and you might be able to mentally battle through that for a few days, but then your willpower breaks, and that's a lot of times Splurge. you end up splurging. You end up going to McDonald's or going yeah. to the grocery store and get, a, get an ice cream, whatever it may be. And so if we can stay more full more often, then you're more likely to stick with the game plan because you have a clearer head to think with. So that's kind of why we start with the protein aspect. And then when it comes to the fruits and vegetables, right, the 800 grams, of that now one thing i probably should put in there as well we'll probably make it like more like 600 grams for females and probably 800 grams for the guys right because that's a little bit different for everybody like obviously if you have a guy sitting 250 pounds you got a female sitting 150 pounds yeah those needs are a little bit different so and i posted a picture in there today in the members group of what 800 grams looks like i think a lot of people think of 800 grams as like a shitload of food and it's really not a whole lot and what's What's considered a fruit and a vegetable in my eyes is anything that you can pull from the ground mm-hmm. or anything that comes off a tree. Okay. Right. So sweet potatoes still count towards your grams, towards your fruits and vegetables. Okay. Right. So if you're more of a sweet potato so person. Like you're getting your carb and your veggies in the same time. Right? Yeah, exactly. So if you want to do, you know, peppers or blueberries or apples or bananas, whatever it may be, especially around your workout times, those are really good times to take in those carbohydrates. But a lot of times, once again, carbs get a bad rap. And for some reason, people, they want to be on a diet. They think carbs are bad. So they eat zero carbs Monday through Thursday. But then come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they drink alcohol pizza, and pizza and ice cream. Thing, right? Like, if you would you just, just eat your whole Monday through Thursday up on three Yeah, days, if you right? would just eat more wholesome carbs more often, you would be perfectly fine. And you'd feel better throughout your day. Mm-hmm. And you'd have more energy levels for your workouts. You'd recover better from your workouts. Because carbohydrates are your body's primary go-to for a fuel source. And if you eliminate those, you're going to feel like shit. You might eat. You might lose some water retention because you're not eating as many carbohydrates. And then when you input the carbohydrates back into your system, you're going to gain more water weight back. 
you might feel a little sluggish because of the fact that you're not used to eating carbohydrates again. So you think carbohydrates are the bad thing and they're actually a good thing to implement, especially whole food carbohydrates. Yeah. And once again, when we're eating more voluminous food, like fruits and vegetables, it's going to keep you fuller. And I'll use this as a reference as well in the group of, I use this all the time talking to people is if I take 50 grams or 50 grams of carbohydrates in blueberries and 50 grams of carbohydrates in Oreos, the volume of that looks a lot, a lot different. different. But a lot of people eat the, let's say for instance, I eat a lot of blueberries and I'm super full off that. But people think of fullness as I'm gonna gain weight. Well, if you eat the same, if you eat those three Oreos that are 50 grams of carbs, you're not gonna be nearly as full and you're getting the same amount of nutritional macronutrients, only 50 grams of carbs, so the same amount of calories, uh-huh. but you're gonna feel a lot fuller off the blueberries than you would the Oreos. But people associate, because they're full now, that they're gonna gain weight, and the fact that they're hungry, because they only ate three Oreos, that because they're hungry, they're gonna be losing weight. It doesn't work that well, way. you're gonna eat three Oreos, then you're gonna eat something else, right? Well, you're gonna eat more and more, more right. until you're more full, you're more yeah. satiated, so you end up taking in more calories. That's why a lot of people say, well, I don't eat that much. I'm like, well, you probably do, you just don't, you're using hunger and fullness as a cue as to you losing weight or gaining weight. If you're eating more processed foods, they're very easily and digestible to get down. They're more palatable. They're genetically engineered to be that way yeah. to where you want to eat more of it and it's easier to get down. And so you end up eating more to get full. And so comparing to more voluminous foods like fruits and vegetables or proteins, you're going to get a lot more full off of it and get a lot more voluminous of food for the same amount of calories and carbohydrates and proteins and fats. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of our. T- that was a good explanation with the Oreos and the blueberries. Yeah, so that's kind of our two bases of our nutrition, and we'll talk about some other things as well in the challenge, right? Because the part of the challenge as well is educating people on this to a degree, because it's it's one thing to do this for thirty days and then hop off of it and go back to what we're doing before. That's kind of ridiculous and redundant. What's the point of doing this for thirty days if you're not going to take some of these things and then implement into you know, daily life lifestyle afterwards. for af- you know afterwards. And so, um, I, you know, even when I work one-on-one with somebody with nutrition is I'm not a big fan of just like writing up a meal plan saying, all right, Kel, you're going to eat this for breakfast, eat this for lunch, eat this for dinner because you're not learning. Yeah. You're just doing at that point in time. And when it comes to nutrition, you're going to have to learn the value of nutrition. Just like when you're trying to teach somebody when they're young as a parent, you're trying to teach your kids the, you know, the fundamentals of money and finances, right? You want to you want to teach them, hey, this is how the value of money is, and this is probably not the smart move if you're only making $15,000 a year to go buy an $80,000 vehicle. It's yeah. probably not a smart move. You want to understand the value of money and know how to prioritize your money appropriately. And the same thing when it comes to nutrition is learning the value of nutrition and knowing how to properly allocate your calories of the day to be the most advantageous for you. You know what I'm saying? And so... That's kind of the, the nutrition protocols. And also, we'll go more into detail about that inside the challenge. Kind of the third point when it comes to nutrition in general is the water intake. Yeah. So we're saying a bare minimum of half your body weight in fluid ounces. So by what the research says, that's the bare minimum of what you're going to need to at least say hydrate. Right now, a lot of people say the gallon. I don't know if I agree with that. When it comes to the gallon... It's the same principle as kind of like what I kind of referred to when it came to the, the grams of vegetables and fruits. How is that the same if you have somebody who weighs 250 pounds drinking a gallon of water and somebody's 150 pounds drinking a gallon of water? Yeah, it's, I don't think it That doesn't really make a whole right. lot of sense, right? It's the same thing. It'd be like saying, well, everybody should be 3,000 calories a day. 
Well, somebody, if you're only 120 pounds, 3,000 calories is a lot of calories. Yeah, I have to weigh 300 pounds, 3,000 calories is not that many calories. And so I never really kind of understood the whole entire thing. It has to be a gallon. Like that was like a fair across the system, across the board, because you have so many different body types and activity levels and things like that. So that's why we go with the half the body weight in fluid ounces. So if I weigh 200 pounds, I got to get 100 fluid ounces in. If I weigh 150 pounds, I got to get 75 fluid ounces in. And that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Right now, obviously, we're kind of getting into summer now. It's starting to get warm. It's starting to sweat more. So you're working out. And with the protocols of us being more active in the challenge as well, those needs definitely go higher. Mm -hmm. So it's a bare minimum basis of the fluid ounces. So that's why police put it as the bare minimum. I would probably recommend it at least increasing that by somewhere upwards of 20 to 50 ounces, depending on how active you are and what your physical activity is. If you're somebody who sits behind a desk and not doing a whole lot, so when you sit in an air conditioner all day, you can probably go on the lower end of, side, end of that and go on about 20, 30 ounces of water. If you're somebody more like Chris McCallum, who's outside, outside physical labor, outside in the sun, sweating a lot more, his needs are gonna be a lot higher, yeah. right? So that is a little bit more of an individual basis. Um, and there are some protocols you can probably look up to see if you did like a sweat test and and see how much sodium you're losing and things like that in your sweat that you could so get you like super specific. Yeah, really super specific, like how much water you're losing while you're working out. But most of you guys aren't going in that crazy kind of yeah. detail. And I don't think that's really needed for the general population. And so uh, just a general rules, you know, if you're a little bit on the lighter side of uh, you're not a heavy sweater, like Kate is not a heavy sweater. She's work, she works inside at a school all day. You know, she could probably get away with more on the low side of 20, 30 ounces. But if, like I said, you're more physically or active or, whatever, or you're more of a sweater it. like me, you might want to be a little bit higher on close to like 50 plus ounces. So for me, I weigh around 200 pounds. So bare minimum, I get 100 ounces in. If I'm going to be a little bit more of a sweater, I probably want to bump that to like closer to 150 ounces. You know, and as well as, once again, drinking water throughout your day will keep you more satiated. It keep you full throughout the day. And as well, if you can eliminate all these liquid calories that you're consuming through coffees, well, say like black coffee is fine. But if you're doing a bunch of calories through like, you know, going to like Starbucks, Cokes, all these different things that you're adding all the other liquid calories in, that's a recipe for disaster. I always, I'm a big, big advocate of not drinking your calories. <laughs> I'm okay if you're somebody who likes to have a beer or a glass of wine at nighttime. That's a little different. I'm just talking more about like juices and Cokes, Cokes and Dr. Peppers, like and, Sprites, that yeah, kind of stuff. All these coffees with, you know, sweeteners in them and creams, things like that, to add up all these extra some calories. Of those coffees, man, or some of those drinks, like you're literally drinking 400 calories. Like, mm -hmm. like, you can rack up like very, that. very quickly. And, it, and you don't really add any value to other than taste alone, yeah. right? Like it's not, that's it's the not, only benefit you're getting, essentially. Yeah, it's just taste, really. Yeah. It's not that you, I mean, you're not gonna sit there and drink the coffee and be like, man, I'm super full now, yeah. right? Or same thing with the juice, whatever it may be. And so that's why we kind of start with the fluid ounces as well. It has to be water. That doesn't mean fluid ounces like Coke Zero. Coke Zero. It has to be water <laughs> fluid ounces. Uh, so that's kind of step three. And obviously the other two has to do, or there's three more, but two more has to do with obviously the physical activity of, of working out and then the consistency of working out. For some, you guys already do this, so it's yeah. not that complicated of working out five times a week and then getting in two extra credits a week. Uh, for some, it might be a little bit more jump. If you're more somebody who comes in maybe two to three times a week, jumping up to five days a week plus two extra credits can be a little bit more of a yeah, habit that you're gonna have right. to implement to your lifestyle. But if you can start to prove to yourself that you can create the time when you don't feel like coming, you still come anyways, You then from Sarah, you can start implementing that 
post 30 day challenge into your lifestyle from here on out. Okay. Right. So now what we're considering five days of working out, because some of you were kind of asking this as well, it has to be at least 30 minutes minimum of movement. For it to count as a workout? For it to count as a workout, okay. right? So even if you can't make it here to the gym per se, you at least have to get 30 minutes of moving outside. So it could be as simple as walking around the block for 30 minutes. It could be outside playing basketball with your kid. It could be riding a Peloton ride. You could do our at-home version of our workout. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, like hey, a lot of times, set your clock three, two, one, go. It's 20, 30 minutes of Rocks movement and, and get done with it, right? In the garage. It's just something for at least 30 minutes a day, five times a week has to be bare minimum, okay? And then obviously when you do come to the gym, at least two of those sessions have to be implemented with some extra credit, right? We're just trying to implement more movement to our daily lives on a regular basis because more often than not, I mean, just like this thing says, shredded by summer, obviously that, that's a body composition thing of losing body fat is this is an energy balance equation of by the end of the day, I have to be expending more energy than I'm taking in for me to lose so body lose fat, weight, right? right? The only way the body's going to elicit a response of losing body fat, it has taken less calories than what it's expending throughout the day, right? So we're trying to expend enough energy to create that energy balance, as well as the body is meant to move in general. Yeah. Like we haven't genetically been modified in thousands and thousands of years, and we've only gotten more and more lazy as technologies improve and our lifestyle has changed. But the body is meant to always be kind of constantly in motion for the most part. So just implementing movement more often is always a good thing. Doesn't necessarily have to be intensity per se, yeah. but the more movement we can get just in, quality movement. just quality movement, even if it's going for a 30 minute walk a day or just twice a week as part of your five things, that's still movement mm-hmm. and you're implementing, I'd rather you do that than not do anything otherwise. Yeah. Right, if you're only coming, if you're only coming three times a week, if you can implement that same protocol, but add in two days of walking on your dog around the block, then that's still extra movement that you weren't doing before. That's still a big You get a lot of gravel covered. You get a lot of steps in. Yeah. And more and more research is coming out like how much that can improve overall general health. It's just, just like, steps. Just getting general steps in a day, right? Just moving around more. And then obviously the extra credit, once again, that kind of all ties in the same thing of just getting extra movement in. And then obviously the last and final piece of this is sleep. Now, obviously the other ones are always within your control. Sleep to a degree can and cannot always be part of your control to a degree. For instance, like, you know, Wes has a newborn baby at home. That's not always in his control of sleeping seven seven hours hours a night, right? (laughs) Or if you're working shift work and, you know, you're getting off, you're working 12-hour shifts, right? Like, you're not always advantageous of working, being able to sleep seven hours at a time. So that one's maybe a little tougher depending on where your lifestyle is, whether it be shift work or you know, newborn baby at home, whatever it may be. But the goal is if you have more structure in your lifestyle, like you or sitting near somebody, for instance, then making sleep more of a priority in your life, which for some people, they're already hitting this. It's yeah. not a problem for them. But I think a lot of people underutilize sleep as their biggest recovery tool. I think at the end of this challenge, but for the people that do follow the sleep one and mm-hmm. get your seven hours, I think it'll make a huge difference in your day. It really that that piece is more like kind of what you're kind of mentioning there is if you're somebody who the last two or three hours of their nighttime routine is just kind of sitting on the couch watching TV mm-hmm. on their phone, 
when that time can be spent in the bed sleeping, sleeping. that's more that's to the person that's kind of more harping that piece too. Because of the fact that you're missing out on such a big so tool like, hey, of like health. Playing on your phone or like playing a game or like Yeah, watch getting TV five hours of sleep. Go get in bed. Go get in bed. <laughs> get an extra two hours to get an extra hour of sleep. 30 minutes. That can make such a humongous deal. A lot of people don't realize like even if it's extra 15 minutes a day, I mean, what does that end up adding up to be an extra a week? almost two hours a yeah. week? You know, that, that's huge for the body. I think a lot of people underutilize sleep as the biggest recovery tool that you have that, that's free that anybody has to utilize that. And so... Seven hours being the very minimum, right? I think, and it's also about the quality of the squeak, of the squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> the quality of the sleep, not necessarily the quality of the sleep. Because, I mean, how many times have you been in bed for nine hours, right? But you toss and turn for crap, for four hours of that, right? Yeah. So, it's also about the quality of that sleep, not necessarily just the quantity of the sleep. But, you know, everybody hears you know the minimum term of seven to nine, which is still the general rule for the most part, and everybody's a little different on who handles more sleep than others, but. For the most part, everybody usually feels better when they at least get a bare, bare minimum of seven to eight. For sure. You know, I remember even Jacob Guillory, when he was coming here at 445 in the morning, working out there, year, driving an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half back. You know, when he was doing that, he would kind of use that term of, you know, a lot of us don't need that much sleep, don't need that much sleep. Well, when he, after COVID hit and he was working out, working from home, and he was getting more sleep, he was like, he like felt the difference. He was like, oh shit, this is a lot better. <laughs> you know, so you don't I imagine. It's kind of those things that you don't realize how much you need it when you don't when you don't realize like it's kind of one of those things like once it's what I'm trying to say here is if you never had it, you don't realize you don't like how much you need it, right? To a degree. And it's kinda of like he's been he'd been working that shift work so long and coming at four o'clock in the morning for so long. That he was kind of like, oh, well, I don't need sleep. Well, I mean, at that point, he's probably used to it, right? Your body's adapted to a degree. Like you're adapted but to you don't realize how much better you feel once you have that more sleep yeah. into that side of that pocket. And so, it's, and like for instance, like he's another guy where, you know, him giving seven hours a night is, is probably not completely realistic when you're working an hour and a half out in Chenier and driving an hour yeah. and a half back. And by the time you get home, you know, Just it's eight o'clock at night and you got to get to bed, you got to get to sleep. You know, he's not, it's not realistic. He's probably going to get seven hours a night. But that's okay. But it's, you gotta fit it with the best of your routine. It's like, once again, we're absorbing back to it's more for the person who's sitting on their phone or watching TV for the last handful of hours of their nighttime routine that, hey, like turn that shit off and get to bed a little earlier yeah. and you'll feel a lot better. And you'll see probably better results as well. Because a lot of times if you're able to sleep, that's how you recover from the sessions. If you can't recover the sessions, you don't see the benefits of the sessions. <laughs> because you don't build yourself up in, in the gym, you tear yourself down in the gym. Yeah. And the only way to rebuild that is through rest and recovery. Gym, right? Exactly, right? So to reap the benefits of all the work you're doing, sleep has to be there, right? Or you're not getting as much utilization of the things, all the work you're putting in, all the time you're putting into nutrition, all the time you're spending into the gym, all the sweat equity you're putting in is not going to be invested in properly if you're not getting the sleep on top of that. Mm-hmm. So would you say sleep would be number one? Uh, it just, I wouldn't say it just depends. Like it, if, if your lifestyle fits, it's the best thing you can do to get the best bang of your buck for all the hard work you're putting in to mm-hmm. recover from, to get the most benefits of your training program and your nutrition. It's by far the best thing you can do. Any stretching you can do, massages, you know, the little massage guns, massage whatever guns. it may be, right? Ice baths, whatever, saunas. It's That's the number one recovery tool out of anything else. And so... 
that's I wouldn't say it's never necessarily number one because for somebody it might for, be there, for somebody right? it might be depending on where their lifestyle falls in because some of it's just not realistic yeah. and you guys you gotta do what you gotta do to make a living and live your life and, and live. But if you're somebody who has that as an option in their tool bag, then you need to start utilizing it definitely better. And that's why I put that in as one of the things okay. as well. So hopefully it kind of gave more of a breakdown of you know why we implemented each piece to this the uh, Shredded by Summer Challenge. Uh, obviously, if you guys have not seen it yet, go into the Facebook group. Just put in the comments you want. It's absolutely free to you guys. We'll, we'll make a whole other separate Facebook group for you guys, which is basically the whole entire members group as it is anyways yeah. <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, and then in that group, uh, we'll, you know, do two Facebook lives, uh, really kind of breaking down stuff more in the detail, how to actually implement practical application to your daily lifestyle, how to implement protein appropriately, talking about fruits and veggies and how to do that appropriately, things like that. As well as before the challenge starts, I'll make a consistency tracker, which you'll have a point system for, you know, if you come, you know, five times in a week, that might be worth five points. If you hit your protein every single day, that might be worth, you know, each day you hit it's worth two points. If you drink water, that's worth one point. If you eat seven hours, that's one point. If you hit you know, the two extra credits, that's 10 points, whatever it may be, right? Okay. And, and that and then, you have the four weeks, add them all up. Yeah, you have your points at the end of it, right? And it's a point, all based on the point system, and also you have a winner who, who got the most consistency. Now, one thing I would also throw in there that I also will talk about in there is try to do an in-body, you know, before and, before and after, after, right? Okay. Because that I think you can actually see, right? You can see your progress, right? Like, in, like also, you can take a before and after photo as well. That would be also a good idea because visually seeing it helps out a ton. But as well as getting on the in-body and seeing what kind of physical improvement you made.